When I was a kid growing up in Jersey, uh, anybody who was a hoot or really funny or something, uh, we'd call him a riot. Ladies and gents, uh, this guy's a riot in more ways than one. Bob Dylan. show that celebrates the work of Bob Dylan, one song at a time, proud member of the Fire and Water Podcast Network. I'm your host, the freewheeling Rob Kelly, and our pal Patrick Butler is back for this uh, very special episode. We're going to talk about Bob Dylan live in concert. Uh, Just a couple of nights ago, I saw Bob for the 21st time at the Mann Center in Philadelphia, and Patrick saw him twice in Boston and then in Portland, Maine, which is amazing. Patrick, welcome back to the show. Rob, thank you so much, and I think I beat you by four concerts. I think this was, <laughs> yesterday made it 25, officially 25. So I, Okay, you're I, better I, than me, all right. <laughs> no, no, I'm not, I'm not trying to, you know, I'm not trying to fight you, I'm just saying. <laughs> this is, I'm just uh, saying. Uh, so anyway, yeah, uh, they, we're really excited about this. As soon as Patrick told me that he was seeing Bob live, uh, we, him and I saw him successive nights, and then Patrick yeah. saw him again, I thought this was so cool, this would be such a... A really neat opportunity to talk about this. Now, I'm going to go quickly through the show that I saw. Okay. Set, the set list between Philadelphia and Boston were the same. There's a, a difference yeah. in Portland, but uh, in Philadelphia and Boston, this is what he played. He opened with uh, Things Have Changed, the Oscar-winning yep. theme song from the movie Wonder Boys. Then he moved into She Belongs to Me, which is a 1960 mm-hmm. song from Bringing It All Back Home, a song that I've never heard him do live before. That yeah. was very exciting. Uh, then he went with Beyond Here Lies Nothing, the opening track from um, Together Through Life. Together Through Life, thank you. Yep. Then he did Full Moon and Empty Arms, which is from Shadows in the Night, one of the Sinatra covers. Uh, mm-hmm. Then Pay in Blood from Tempest, one of five songs from Tempest. I know, I know. Big on Tempest right now. Melancholy yeah. Mood, which is another Sinatra song. Then he went into Duquesne Whistle, which is from Tempest. Yep. Uh, then he did How Deep is the Ocean, How High is the Sky, which is not up here on any album. Nothing. Which yeah. is, uh, that yeah. is a remarkable thing to hear uh, when Bob does it, because that, that's pretty rare. Uh, then yeah. he went on to the classic Tangled Up in Blue. Uh, mm-hmm. And then he did High Water for Charlie Patton, which is from Love and Theft. Why to Try to Change Me Now, which is another Sinatra song. Early yeah. Roman Kings, also from mm-hmm. Tempest. I Could Have Told You, which is another song that has not appeared on any album. Right. Uh, he was really feeling very expansive here. Spirit mm-hmm. on the Water from Modern Times. Mm-hmm. Scarlet Town from Tempest. <laughs> all, all or Nothing at All, which is uh, another one of the Sinatra songs. Long and yeah. Wasted Years from Tempest. Tempest. <laughs> Autumn Leaves, uh, which is from Shadows in the Night. Then the encores were Blown in the Wind, the classic Blown in the Wind. And then he ended this with Stay With Me from Shadows in the Night. Uh, yeah. They said those were the set lists for Philadelphia and for Boston. Um, overall, this I thought was one of the best Dylan shows that I've ever been to. Um, mm-hmm. I, there may be something about the way the sound was mixed. His singing was very crisp, very clear. Uh, I loved all the stuff from Tempest. I mean, I, out of uh, the 20 songs here, two of them are from the 60s, which is yeah. uh, pretty amazing, uh, considering how much probably a lot of people want to hear his 60s stuff. The crowd, as always with the Dylan Show, is very mixed. Uh, yeah. You see a lot of gray beards, but you also see you know, a lot of very young people. Uh, I, saw, mm-hmm. I saw a kid who looked to, to be about 12 there with his, I guess, his dad. He was wearing a Metallica T-shirt, and I thought, boy... <laughs> A twelve-year-old, a twelve-year-old with a Metallica T-shirt at a Bob Dylan concert—that's a pretty cool kid, you know. That's that awesome. is not, he's not wasting his time just playing Legos all day or running around Pokemon. 
he's seen yeah. Metallica and Dylan concerts. But overall, I thought it was terrific. Um, he really kept the crowd spellbound with these Sinatra songs, which is pretty mm-hmm. remarkable considering these are 70, you know, 60, 70 year old songs. Uh, yeah. to, to end the show with Autumn Leaves, uh, I'm sorry, with a Stay With Me is, yeah. is pretty gutsy, you know, to not. And Blown in the Wind, I thought was really well done, very sweet. The line about. Uh, how many take till those too many people have died? Yeah, uh, jumped right out at people. I mean, you could sort of hear it ripple through the audience. There's a line at the end of uh, "Spirit on the Water" where he he sings um uh you, something about uh, you're thinking uh, I'm uh, past my prime. Uh, let, right. me see, let me see what you've got. We can have a whopping good time, and that really yeah. that really got people on their feet because it's it's. You know, it was like this was a guy who's still very vital. He's 75 years old, but he was still delivering quite a hell of a show. The Tangled Up in Blue was mm-hmm. really good. It had different lyrics, yep. which is uh, impressive to me that, you know, that song's 40 years old and he's still changing lyrics to some of the yeah. songs. Uh, Pay in Blood, which is my favorite song from Tempest, had some different lyrics thrown in as well. Um, yeah. And She Belongs to Me, I thought, was, was not only a terrific version of it, it was completely different sounding than the one you hear on the album but it's a song i've never heard live i've, I've never yeah. even i've never even heard him any bootleg of him doing live. so that was kind of an obscure thing to plot so i was really impressed i went with my buddy dan who i went to uh, art school with and him and i've been going to dylan concerts for 23 years now and we both agreed <laughs> that it was a really solid show and uh you know i never get over the idea i mean mentally i know that i know that he's a real guy you know, right. I know that. Right. I, I know that. Yeah. I, but I still have a tough time getting over the idea that that's there. He is. You know, this is this is a guy who has who has hung out with popes and presidents and every famous person you're ever going to. I mean, yep. there he is. That's the guy right there. Yep. It yep. still is kind of an impressive thing to see him stand there, and he's got those striped riverboat gambler pants and the, hat and the whole bit. <laughs> I love the I love the outfit. Yeah, the I outfit. just want to say the, the, the outfit whole is band awesome. wears suits. Just in case anybody who hasn't seen it, the whole band is dressed in suits. They look very, very quite natty. Uh, it's yeah. a terrific band. Uh, yeah. Still really yeah. good. He really seems to be enjoying himself. So I I had a great time. The show ended around midnight. It was a I mean there oh, was wow. an, it was an opener. Uh, Mavis Staples was the was the opener for this set. She talked about Bob Dylan a little. She talked about how sexy he was, which I thought was really, really interesting. <laughs> she she was great. She did a great job uh, as yeah. an opening act. It was it was really good. I I thoroughly enjoyed it, and it was one of the best ones I've seen in a while. So what was what was your reaction at least to the Boston show? So, so Boston was Thursday night, the following night. So he played Philly on Wednesday. You saw him in Philly. I right. saw him in Boston. And uh, at the what, when, when I was a teenager, we called it Havelites. It's on the waterfront section of Boston. So it was great. It was a boiling hot day. So it was nice to get over to the water and, you know, have the breeze and everything. And I brought my brother Andrew along, who's never seen him. And I had the same kind of thing, Rob. I was like, you got to see Bob, man. You know what I mean? This is... Not this too many legendary guy. figures left in the world. You got here's your chance, man. And here's the thing, like it's going to be kind of a smaller show, right? Because like you know, McCartney's playing stadiums, Springsteen plays stadiums. I mean, and you're paying through the nose to see these guys, and not taking away anything from them, but to be able to see Bob Dylan, you know, who I think towers above those guys in like kind of a semi-intimate type setting, right. you got to take the advantage to do that, right? Um, so, so yeah, Mavis was great, and actually, my brother really, really liked Mavis a lot, you know. And she did the same. Bobby got some swag. You know? Yeah, that's right. That yeah, that, that that's what uh, she was talking yeah. about. Yeah. So that was cool. But so here's my first story. So, uh, so during Mavis's set, it was getting really hot, and my brother and I are both really tall guys, and we were, we were like blocking these people, you know, because we were standing up trying to watch. So they kind of asked us. They're like, "Oh, do you mind?" And 
we said, you know what, we'll go over off to the side here. So, we, so we're off to the, the right-hand side of the stage, and Mavis is out doing her thing. She's great. And, like, maybe, like, five or six songs into her set, I see this guy come out from behind the stage, like, towards the right near, you know, uh, you know, whatever, kind of like an area where you couldn't go into or something. He's dressed in all black, black shirt, black slacks. He's wearing these, like, John Lennon-type glasses. And it took me about one second, Rob, and I was like, that's Charlie Sexton. Oh, wow. Cool. <laughs> He's, he walks right by me. I say, Charlie. He turns around. I said, I can't wait for the show tonight. I shake my shake on my hand. He started shaking my hand. Oh, He's like, wow. thank you. Thank you. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, yeah. that's so cool. So how cool am I? <laughs> so, oh. And, uh. And then he, like, I think he, like, went to get a beer or something. I mean, it was kind of funny. He, like, I saw him, like, walking to the back area where they were, like, selling, you know, merch and stuff. Um, and then he walked by, like, maybe, like, right at the end of Mavis' set, he kind of came back because he was clearly getting ready to go back on, to go on stage. And, like, one other person recognized him and kind of just said, good luck, you know, and he turned around and gave a wave. And then, uh, so I was like, I just, you know, it was uh, right then. I was like, this is already one of the best films I've ever been to because yeah, I just got to hang out. That's amazing. That's, yeah. that's awesome. Oh, wow. Yeah. So, um, so yeah. So then, you know, then Bob came out maybe, like, you know, 10, 15 minutes after me was finished. Um, things have changed was, was good. He actually, they started playing the Foggy Dew, the old Irish ballad, which I thought was great because, you know, a lot of Irish Americans in Boston and, um, you know, Bob loves that stuff. Yeah. Uh, uh, and then she belongs to me. I really enjoyed. He played. He played harmonica on that, which I thought was great. And you're right. It sounds so different from the record. Completely and, different. Yeah. And yet, it still worked. You know, and it's still a great. I mean, it's one of my favorite Bob Dylan songs. I mean, I just think it's an incredible tune. And, and it's um, sweet. It's a very sweet song. It's not. It's it's probably atypical a little in that it's a very very hard not, not heartfelt, but it's 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 very guileless and very sweet. And it also has one of his great lines, right? Don't look back, you know. And that's yeah, right. Kind of, yeah, she's an artist. You know, don't look. She don't look she back. Don't, yeah. She don't look back, you know. And um, yep. And then he did Beyond Here Lies Nothing, which I definitely like. It had that kind of samba, you know, type feel. And then this is where I think things started to change a little bit between the set you saw. Then he did The Night We Called It a Day. Oh, I see. Okay, right. So I was like, oh, I don't think he's done that since last year. And I don't even think he, I think, didn't he do that for David Letterman or something when he left? Yes. Yeah. He did it on Letterman yeah. last night with a guest. Yeah. Yeah. So, so that was kind of cool. So I was like, all right, cool. And you know, he, I thought he did a great job on that. Pain Blood is my favorite tune too from Tempest. And that is always incredible. And they really rock. They, that was like a real rocking song. People were kind of, and you know, the thing is, it's, it's like you said, it's a mixed crowd. It, it, in Boston, it, it skews pretty heavily towards boomer types, you know, 60, 70 year old folks hoping to hear the hits, you know? Right. Um, right. So people were kind of asking me, is that, is that a new song? You know? And I'm like, <laughs> well, um, new 2012? I don't know. Um, and then he did Melancholy Mood. Duquesne Whistle was really good. Um, I really, I love that song too a lot. So that was awesome. Then he did something called that old feeling, which I guess is an, which you don't think he did in Philadelphia, no, he which didn't. is, yeah. which is an old Sinatra standard. Um, and that was, it was good. It was, you know, it was kind of similar. I, you know, between you and I, I, I enjoy these records, but I, I don't necessarily want a third one. You know? <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> right. Yeah. And, and I'm wondering if he's kind of heading that way, you know, but, uh, but Hey, it's Bob. He can do what he wants. Tangled Up in Blue got everybody on their feet. And the line I really liked is, you know, the part where he usually says, you know, some are mathematicians, some are carpenters' wives. He said, he changed it to something like, 
you know, some some are still around, some are down in the ground, you know, Ooh, <laughs> but yeah. me, I'm still on the road, and then everyone just jumped up and was like, yeah, Bob. Yeah, he, you know? he had a line in the version I heard that it's something about something about people's names written in flames. Oh, cool. Yeah, that cool. jumped out at me when I heard that. Wow, what's that? Yeah. I was trying to jot it down in my brain as best I could. Yeah, and then um, the second, so then there's an intermission, and then the second set was pretty much exactly as you saw it, you know. Um, I thought the highlights on that one were Spirit in the Water, Spirit on the Water, um, Early Roman Kings, you know, really stood out. I actually really like Long and Wasted Years. I mean, that's that's pretty much done the way it's done on the record, mm-hmm. and, you know, I don't know, it's it's an interesting song, you know, it's kind of a, it's kind of a melancholy, long and wasted years, I mean, he's... I don't know what, what's he saying. Is he saying that this has all been a joke? Or, I don't know. You know, it's it's. it's but like I like it. It's sort of a talk singing. Uh, yeah. It's almost like freeform poetry a little. And, yeah. You know, and you feel like he's is he talking to an ex-wife? Is he talking to you know? I mean, it sounds very right. specific. I mean, he he talks about how we walk down that long, long aisle. So it's, it right. feels like he's you know it's 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 the, it's at the very least a character talking to their spouse. Right. Uh, at the right. very least. I hope he's not talking to the audience. <laughs> he seems like he's having a good time. No, no. I mean, I agree with you. I mean, I think he, it's probably written from a, you know, it's definitely about a marriage or, or a long relationship, you know. But um, but I, I don't know. I just thought the band really did a nice job on it. You know, I like the way the guitars worked. And, and he was um, and he was up the front with singing that one. And it was really, really good. But, um, but you're right. And then Blown in the Wind. I got to tell you, I've, you know, I have a complicated relationship with that song because... It's been so overplayed, and so many people, that's the only song they know by him. Right. And as much as I've, I've always been, I mean, it's astonishing to think he wrote that when he was 20 years old, you know? Um, you know, it's it's kind of one of those Dylan songs that you're just like, it's played so much, you kind of like put it at the back, because you're just like so used to it, and it, it's kind of everywhere in the culture, and yeah. you know, you're, you know, so you're, you're like, you don't really, I don't really reach forward to play it anymore or anything, and probably haven't really listened to it, the original version, in like 30 years. But I have to say, I really enjoyed this version. I, I liked the way the band did it with the drums and the and the fiddle. And he was um, he was at the piano on this. And yeah, I just thought it was. I, I agree with you. It was really it was moving. It was really moving. Considering, like you said, like even last week on the pod, like everything that's kind of going on right now in the world, you're like, you know, this song is really timeless. I mean, it's it's forever. You know, and it talks of, and it asks those questions and asks hard questions. And when he came to that line about, you know, that too many people have died, I mean, everybody just started clapping because it was yeah. like, yep, Bob still has it. And he, and he had it then, and he has it now, you know? So that was great. Yeah. It's the, yeah. the, the version he's doing is more gentle, less insistent. Yeah. I mean, the, yeah. the, you know, the recorded version is it, it, like somebody being interrogated almost. In a, and this yeah. is more gentle and wistful uh kind of like almost you know like well this is still going on you know like this right this song this is sadly still relevant 50 years after right. i wrote it exactly so the the only other story from boston i got for you is that um my brother actually <laughs> i think it was sometime during scarlet town he kind of turns to me and he's like listen hey, you know i'm gonna head home i gotta work tomorrow <laughs> and i said listen that's fine you know uh I, th- but this is my thing you know i'm staying here <laughs> right so but at that point, a lot of people had already started to leave. Yep. So 
I, I during um during long and wasted years, I literally just kind of stealthily moved up, and I got <laughs> I, I was sitting in like the twenty twentieth row, and I moved up to like the seventh row. Wow! And I just took the seat, and I just sat there for the rest of the show. So I had great. I mean, I don't I don't take out my phone and do any of that stuff because you know to me it's like I really want this show. I want to remember this show, you yep. know. Yep. And um, it was awesome. So that was great. So I was like, yeah, did it again. <laughs> I, got, I got as close as I can, and just like you, Rob, it's like that's Bob Dylan. That's lit, you know that's my favorite songwriter. That's my favorite artist, singer, everything. The guy who's been in front of you know the, you know so, I mean, it's just he's, the, his influence on world culture is so massive. And just to to be like I'm seven rows away from that guy. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, 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 yeah. That'll never change for me. I'm with you. Like that 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 feeling of like wow, I'm in the same room as this person. And to think you know I don't I don't want to say that you know he changed the world, but I mean he certainly. He's going to be remembered like Shakespeare, you know, just one of these earth-shatteringly important people. And so, yeah, to be able to see him live and do this was awesome. And, you know, and then to get a good show. I mean, he was really, he was really singing, you know, and I think he was, I think he was into it. You know, I mean, I've, I've seen a couple of bad Dylan shows in my life, you know, and, um, you know, to be seven rows away and, and see Bob Dylan here, it's, it's just, you know, does it ever get better than that? You know, on a nice summer night, you know what I mean? You're just mm-hmm. like, this is perfect. This is perfect. <laughs> yeah, the, the man is an open-air theater, and so we had a nice breeze come mm. through, and it was really cool. And we didn't have too many people leave. Some people did file out, uh, it's funny, before the encore, which yeah. is like, my God, you're almost done. I know. <laughs> it's already 11.30. What are you doing? I mean, what's the, I, mean I know you don't want to sit in traffic to leave, but, I mean, you paid all, all right. this money to be here. But uh, yeah, it was. It, it's. I've seen him at the Man before, and it's a very nice theater. And like I said, it is really cool just to see him standing there. And I, and I absolutely believe he has changed the world as much as yeah. any entertainer can. Right. Uh, he has. And I saw. Um, and I, I mentioned, you know, it's a big mix. I saw at least a couple, and I've seen this at a bunch of concerts recently, where some parents have brought their real little kid, like a five-year-old mm-hmm. or a six-year-old, and I always think. You know, can you, you can't get babysitting, or I mean, I would think it probably isn't that because you're probably paying a lot of money for a ticket. And right. and I, I I have the romantic thought, and I've never asked anybody this because I don't I don't want to get in somebody's face, but I always think that if you take a six year old to a Bob Dylan concert, the six year old's not getting anything out of it. Doesn't no. understand. You can't hear. Doesn't understand anything. But I like to think that you know, in not too long a time. Hopefully, mm-hmm. hopefully longer than shorter, but right. in, in not too long a time, Bob Dylan will be part of history. He yeah. will be, uh, you know, one of those titanic figures of history of Beethoven, of Frank Sinatra, of Irla, yeah. Irving Berlin, John yep. Lennon, Elvis Presley. He will be a figure of history, and that kid, when he is fifty, right. will get to tell people, "I once saw." Bob Dylan live, and it will be the equivalent of us saying, "Hey, you know what? I one time saw Beethoven. I one yeah. time saw Woody Guthrie. I, right. you know, like you, like a figure that seems out of our time. I, you really, you saw that, pro- or even Elvis to a certain extent. Yeah, you know, my yeah. life overlaps with Elvis very briefly. But right. It's like imagine if I had gotten to see Elvis when I was five. I'd be able to say I was at one point in the same room as this." <laughs> giant figure so that's why i think they bring their little kids because i've seen that before i've seen it at multiple concerts where they bring little kids and i think that's just what it is the parent is like in 50 years you're gonna get to say this and and that's why you're going and and like i said on like you mentioned on top of it 
I got a really good show because yeah, I've seen some shows where he is not as into it as others. There's no doubt yeah. about it. This one, he said he's, his singing was very crisp, was very clear, yeah. especially the Sinatra stuff. And I do, uh, yeah, I'm I'm with you. Like I, I'm perfectly okay with the two Sinatra records. They're growing on me. Mm-hmm. I don't really want to hear a third one. Yeah. That said, he seems really into this. And he, yeah. so it, wouldn't, it would not shock me if there's a third one on the way because, I mean, not only is he singing almost half the songs at this concert were Sinatra songs, he's adding in songs they are not even on the album. That's what I mean. That's what I'm starting to think. Like, did he record some of this or is he planning to record some of this and put out another another record of this? And, and look, the guy can do whatever he wants. He's 75 years old. Yep. I mean... I've actually suspected a little bit, and I hope I'm wrong on this, but I, I kind of wonder if Tempest might be the last original album. You know, because, you know, to get up that far in years, first off, Tempest is, for anyone who doesn't have Tempest, like, go out and buy Tempest. That's Tempest a great is record. That's a great one of the record. best records. Yep. I mean, it's amazing that he was 71 years old when he put that out, and you're like, wow. I mean, yep. I hope I can do that at 71, you know, write or, you know, create art as compelling and, and great as that record. So that's why I'm a little like, is he doing this because he, this is the music he loves, and he's like, hey, all I got to do is go in, spend an afternoon, record these songs, put it out as a record, and I can go back on the road. And, you know, he doesn't have to really go back to writing. I, I hope I'm wrong. I, I don't know. But it does seem, you know, including new songs that haven't even been recorded makes me think that he might be gearing up for a third record. And, you know, it, it'll be what it is, you know. But you're right. He's really into it. The band sounds great. I mean, the pedal yeah. feel really yep. is beautiful. And... Those songs, I mean, he really, when he did Stay With Me, which I think is one of his best, one of the best songs on Shadows of the Night, he really, like, belted it out. You know what I mean? Like, he was, like, should my, you know, he was, like, right in front, belting it out, and I was, like, wow. So he really loves this stuff. So that's cool, you know, but, uh, you know, come on, Bob, you know, it'd be nice to, you know, maybe take some of this and and do do your own take on it or something, you know, (laughs) and then then we can all kind of. And those songs can get part of the set list, you know? It'd, yeah. it'd be interesting, so. I, this is what I've been telling myself, is that, you know, he did those two acoustic records in mm-hmm. 92, 93, Good As I've Been To You and World Gone Wrong, both which I think are terrific records. Uh, World Gone Wrong is uh, and And I, you know, at the time, people thought, oh, that's it, he's done making new yeah. records. He's now doing these acoustic folk things. And then the, that, as we look at it now, he follows up with Time Out of Mind, and Love and Theft, and and Modern Times, and Together Through Life, and Tempest, some of his best material he's ever done. So those records were clearly a kind of like creative, a creative version of clearing the decks a little. I agree. And so I I wonder slash hope, is that what this is? Is that what Mm. these two Sinatra records are? Which is, I'm taking a break, I'm doing this other thing, and then I'm going to get back to it. Now, if he doesn't, he doesn't. That's fine. Again, as you've said he doesn't know anybody, anything. He can do what he wants, so it's fine. But it wouldn't shock me if this is what this is. This is a kind of like a little detour, and then he's going to go back to doing something else. But, and, yeah. you know, either way, it's fine. We should mention all the names of the band for people who don't follow this stuff as closely as Patrick and I, which is pretty much everybody. <laughs> the, the, band, the band is made up of Tony Garnier on bass. Uh, mm-hmm. George Raciel, Raciel, I'm not sure how he pronounces his last name, George Raciel, Raciel yeah. on drums, yeah. Stu Kimball on rhythm guitar and maracas, yeah. Charlie, Charlie Sexton, as you mentioned, and Donnie Heron, who plays a bunch of uh, a bunch of things. Now, these guys have all been with him for a long time. Mm-hmm. Tony Garnier has blown out the record for like the longest. 23 years 23 right? years he's been playing with, I think since 1987. Oh, is that? Wow. Yeah, 87 he took over. So you're talking... 
87, 97, 07. Actually, wow. Almost 30, yeah, 29 years. Yeah, that sounds right. 29 years. Wow. Um, and I have said this before. I think I might have said it on this show, and if I haven't, I'll say it now. But, like, you know, there were, like, autobiographies I'd love to read of certain people. You know, yeah. like people, people through life are like, I'd like to know that life story. Now, Bob, of course, wrote a quasi autobiography called, <laughs> called Chronicles, which was really very entertaining. But I have to say, I can't relate to it because he's Bob Dylan. He gave, he lives on the moon. I can't come. I can't right. relate to that guy's life. But I would want to read a book by Garnier. Now, mm. not not, not uh, as a dirt thing. I don't really want to no. know the gritty details. But I just want to know what it's like to hang out with Bob Dylan every day. What's yeah. that like? Playing cards with Bob Dylan, going to get a sandwich with Bob Dylan. What is that life like? I know. That... I when I'm sitting there seeing Charlie Sexton, I, I, you know, I'm shaking his hand and thinking to myself, this guy's been playing with Bob Dylan for almost 20 years. You know, like I kind of want to just be like, so like, what's it like? You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. Does he like? What's his favorite food? I don't know. Like, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, what do you guys talk about? What's his do favorite? Do they go TV see show? movies? Like, is, is Bob like, hey, let's go see Ghostbusters? I mean, like, what, yeah. what, like, what is that life like? I mean, that, yeah. that that to me is the interesting. Like, what? I mean, that's. I, I'd love to hear from all those guys. And one of my favorite things in um, these the last couple of records he's put out, which he has not done for the for the Sinatra records, is he always has a picture of the band. Him mm-hmm. and the band, and they just look like the coolest guys. They all got like cigars and their hats and their their jackets. Yeah. They just look like gangsters, you know. They look like really cool dudes, and I just love <laughs> those pictures. So, yeah, um, it, it's really fun watching these guys. They clearly have a great relationship with Bob. They've all been playing with him for many years. Bob seems very comfortable, and he typically does at the end of every show. Is he doesn't? They don't do a bow. They just go out and they stand all in a yep. line at the lip yep. of the stage, and they sort of take the applause in. They yeah. disappear and and that's it. We don't see them again after they 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 get out of town before the shooting starts, as it were. So uh, <laughs> it's 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 always an amazing to see those guys, and so uh, that's cool that you got to see them twice in a couple of days. That's that's a pretty cool experience. It just worked out, you know. I mean, Portland's not far from Boston, and and I love it up there. I love going up there. We, my right. girlfriend and I usually take a trip up there in the summer, so. Excuse me. So this year we just decided that was going to be kind of our our weekend trip to Portland, you know. And I was like, and I'd never been. So so I'll just say this. I mean, it was also an excellent, excellent show. This this the the, the place we went to was like this open air kind of um, general admission amphitheater, and so where people like bring their own like beach chairs, you know. Right, right, right. <laughs> and I'd, I'd never been there before, so I had no idea. So like when we 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 got there at like quarter seven, and already the entire place was packed. So we were like way at the back. So that was kind of a bummer, you know what I mean. But once again, you know, he Mavis was good. She finishes. He comes on, you know, with things have changed, and I managed to get my girlfriend and I up like halfway to the stage, you know, kind of like middle middle of the place, right? People start leaving during the intermission. We managed to score closer and closer to the stage until let's put it this way: blowing in the wind started at the encore. And some guy just like dropped the like the little like rope that was keeping everybody from the back. You know, okay. he just basically rushed the stage. Oh wow! Oh wow! <laughs> and uh, you know, it wasn't. I mean, it wasn't anything too crazy. You know, but um, but it was great. It was great. So again, you know, I got very close. I was probably like five or six rows away from the stage this time for the last uh, last two songs, which was awesome. And yeah, he, I got to see them like do the bat, you know, kind of come out and everything. And hey, let me ask you, you know, on his piano or like next to his piano, there's like a cutout of like a of like a statue of a woman's statue. Have you seen this? Uh, it's I've sort of seen it. I've never been up that close to really get a full view yeah. of what that is. Yeah, I have no idea what it is, but I'm like, that's huh. so Bob. You know what I mean? Like, 
Like, let's put that right there. And that's going to be on. And that was at every show I the, the, in Boston and on Saturday. So was the like, best thing I ever saw at a Dylan show was I saw him in Philly uh, about 10 years ago. Yeah, about 10, yeah, about 10 years ago. And we were really up close. We were like around the fifth or sixth row. I paid yeah. to the nose and, and really wanted to see him. And this was in, this would have been 2001, 2002. So actually, it's about 13 years ago. And taped to his amp. Was the Oscar? Oh, you saw that? Nice. Yes, and I was like, "There's the Oscar!" Like he had just wanted from for, yeah. for things to change, and there it was, taped to the amp. And I thought, "That's amazing!" And again, that's the only time I'm ever going to be in a room with an Oscar. You know, right. like, that was right. so cool. But yeah, that was the closest we've ever we've ever been to him. So, yeah. um, of the two shows of Boston and Portland, is there one? Did you have the one had a little bit of an edge over the other? Or were they pretty pretty cool, pretty similar? You know, I mean, I think, I think, I think, I. It's not so much that one has an edge over the other as much as because you know he gives you different things at different shows. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, so I really, I really loved being able to hear. Uh, I think, I think Boston was great because I was like I said, I got very close. Um, and you know, Charlie, that whole thing just made it like oh, a yeah, really, that that's, <laughs> that yeah. just made that really special. You know, but I will say this. I'll, I'll tell you a funny, funny thing was during uh, Duquesne Whistle. And this, I, I mean, again, you know, I think one thing, you know, when you're touring, towards the end of a tour, I think people get, a, like, to razz each other, and they need to change things up a little bit. So they started playing, so he goes over to the piano to start playing Duquesne Whistle, and he starts doing these, like, weird piano chords, and Charlie was completely lost, and, like, was trying to do the riff, you know, and it didn't sound right, huh. <laughs> and, and Bob was kind of looking at him, and, like, Charlie tried to start doing some different things, and I was like, I think he's just messing with you, you know what I mean, like, <laughs> And I was like, that's so Bob, you know? Like, oh, wait, the way we've been doing it all tour, tonight we're going to change it up. So so that, again, made me also be like, well, that was kind of cool, too. Like, Portland was a great show because cause Bob was still there. You know what I mean? Like, he's still, he's still giving it different things. And so uh, I really loved it all equally, you know? And, and I just, you know, anytime I get to see him and tour, and I'm just so glad he, he was able, he was playing shows up here this year. And, right. You know, I try to I try to go all the time. I there was a period for, probably probably like around two thousand two two thousand three. Remember the time when he did the ballparks? He did like little small. Yeah, with um, Willie Nelson and John Mellencamp. So that was the last time I saw him. You know, okay. so I I'd taken I'd taken a well, it's probably about ten years. You know what I mean? That I, I hadn't gone to see a Dylan show. You know, because I kind of figured like, well, I've seen so many. You know. But I gotta say, I really, I, I hadn't. Once Tempest came out, I started to, I was like, I really gotta go see this guy again. You know what I mean? Because I'm really into this record, and so this was, it was awesome for me to be able to go see him and to hear a lot of stuff from Tempest I really like. And uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I just, what can you say? I mean, he, he's Bob Dylan. He's just, and I, and actually, you know, I really want to, you know, I gotta thank my brother and my girlfriend for like indulging me, you know, because they know how obsessed I am. But I, but they both kind of said to me, they're like, you know, thanks for taking me because. When else are you going to do it? You know what I mean? Yeah, he's yeah, he's yeah. just so important. And, uh, yeah, it was funny. Actually, today we were driving home. We stopped off. We were doing some shopping and stuff up in uh, uh, in Maine. And we were at, like, some store and some guy. I'm wearing the T-shirt from the concert, you know. And some guy says, hey, did you go to the uh, Bob Dylan show last night? I said, of course. <laughs> you know? And he's like, how was it? I was like, he was amazing. He's like, cool, cool. Bob's the best. <laughs> and I'm, like, I'm like, that pretty much sums it up, doesn't it? You know what I mean? Yeah. He's the best. So, yeah, it was great. It was great. So I'm glad you had a good time too. You know, it sounds like you got a good show, and uh, you know, it's just uh, it, what can you say? He's 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 in fine form right now. Uh, he's playing great stuff. Between you and I, I really am going to be interested. I'm not going because it's crazy. But those shows in California in October yeah, the with big ones, the Rolling Stones and McCartney and stuff. Yeah, that's yeah, nuts. Yeah, I just I wonder what he'll play because I just you know. 
I don't. I don't think he's gonna. I don't think he's gonna come out and do like like a Rolling Stone and Rainy Day Women and the Greatest Hits set the way that those other guys do. You know, probably I, not. I don't know. It's hard. You know, you never do know with this guy. <laughs> you just never do. Yeah. I hope it would be interesting to see if he performs with anybody because all of his pals are there. But right. again, you know, he's not performing with Mavis Staples either, and he's known her for fifty yeah. years. So right, hard to say. You know, yeah. I, not to be not to use a pun, but whatever way the wind blows, that's what Bob. <laughs> What Bob's gonna do? I, I if he comes around next year, I will go next year. I, I yeah. Am, I okay. we we saw him a couple of years ago, and then there was a big gap before that between the last one and the third one. But uh, I would go see it again. We had a really great time, and it was just it was just fun, sort of reconnecting with the guy. I felt like it was like seeing an old friend again. You're like, oh hey Bob, <laughs> all right, I'm here to I'm here, man. You're here, I'm yeah. here. Let's do this. Yeah, and I also love that, like, right before the intermission, it's like, we're going to take a little break. And I'm like, well, at least he's talking to us now. You That's know the I mean? most he said, yeah. He's like, we're going to take I was like, it's just so neat to hear his voice. You know, you're like, yeah. oh, other than, of course, him singing, which you hear all the time. But, yeah, just to hear him talk, you know. Yeah, yeah. it was really fun, so. Yeah, it was terrific. It was terrific. Uh, I think that's going to do it. I don't think of anything else we want to say. I mean, we could go on and on and on. But we'll I know, I know. That's a, on, that's so. a problem with, with Bob. It's like yeah. every single time I get chatting with you about it, it's like, no, nah, we could be here about five hours. So yeah. We should probably yeah, just cut it off. Trying to but... keep these shows at a, at a decent length, so yeah. manageable length. So, exactly. uh, Well, anyway, awesome. It sounds like you had a great time. I had a great time. So, Patrick, once again, thank you for coming on the show, man. I really appreciate it. Rob, thanks for doing it. I'm glad you got a great show. I had a great time, and, you know, Oh, everyone who listens to this, if you get a chance to see Bob Dylan live, go. <laughs> That's Absolutely. All I'm say. And you might run into one of the band. You never know. You might, yeah. You never know. Um, so um, there is no uh, recordings of anything from the shows that from the show I saw that's on YouTube, but there is a bootleg. Uh, this is what we're going to end the show with. This is a bootleg of him doing Blowing in the Wind from a show from a couple of months ago. So it's this current tour. Uh, it's in Japan. Um, so mm-hmm. what you're going to hear at the uh, at the end of the show is just a little snippet of the version of Blowing in the Wind that me and Patrick have been talking about. It's a little hard to hear, obviously, because it's a bootleg. For some reason, Sony has still never bothered to put out a live album mm-hmm. of Bob and his current band for some mm-hmm. ungodly reason that does not exist yet. So uh, just a little snippet of the of this very stately, sweet version of Blown in the Wind. So, again, Patrick, thanks for coming on. Thanks, everybody, for listening, and we'll see you next week. Bye.